the Political Flavors Podcast, Feminism Coffee Hour. I'm Elizabeth. And I'm Karen. And thank you for uh, tuning in with us today. Thanks for downloading. So, Karen, what's on your mind? So, I've been reading this wacky story about Representative Bob Brady of Pennsylvania, who decided to steal a glass of the Pope's drinking water, uh, presumably to bless himself and his family. So to be clear, it is not holy water blessed by the Pope, but a glass of drinking water that he had access to and swiped. (laughs) Yeah, that's weird. uh, Yeah, a bit contradictory also in terms of uh, moral standing to uh, steal something that you hope would imbue you with some sort of virtue in God's eyes. Yeah, that's weird that he stole it and then used it for good purposes. Yeah, it's a bit bizarre. But also, even more bizarre is that he has stolen water before from (laughs) President Obama's drinking water. Uh, And I'm not exactly sure what he was looking for with that. It seems perhaps that it's not a religious thing when you when you put it that way. But I I love this idea of this um, climbing politician who is clearly like obsessed with this concept that power can be passed through drinking water. (laughs) (laughs) Like drinking from the skulls of your enemies, just drinking from the water glasses of your enemies. Yeah, but it's not even his enemies, just drinking from the glass of those you admire. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And anointing your family with it. Yeah, which is apparently what he did. Uh, He drank out of the glass and passed it around to his family to drink out of, and then uh, saved some for blessing his grandchildren with or something. I don't have the exact projection of what he was going to do with it pulled up right now. But uh, yeah, it's fairly bizarre. So, yeah, so, I, mean, I grew up Catholic. I had a lot of family members that were really into holy water, but I don't think they stole any of it. <laughs> so it's new level. Yeah, it's not even holy water. P.S. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's something even more bizarre about that. But he, he is Catholic. Uh, so mm-hmm. at least the Pope's drinking water makes some sense. But President Obama's drinking water seems so bizarre. Maybe yeah. he thinks that's how you get to be president. <laughs> well, maybe he thinks so, although I don't think he's running for Pope. <laughs> the yeah. whole thing, I think he's just, like, desperate to absorb someone else's power, it seems. <laughs> and he, he took the president's water glass from uh, the first inauguration. Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting man, kind of a caricature of this, like, power on uh, Washington type. Mm-hmm. What have you been reading? So um, I'm a Unitarian Universalist, and uh, if you've seen my blog, I wrote a a piece in the end of August about uh, UU congregations getting involved in the Black Lives Matter movement. Back in June at the uh, UU General Assembly, the uh, UUA passed a resolution to support the Black Lives Matter movement. And in response, a lot of congregations have been putting up signs outside their their buildings, some are called churches, some are just congregation halls or whatever, um, that say Black Lives Matter to a very mixed response. Um, in some places, you know, nothing happens. In other places, the signs are vandalized or stolen. Um, one that got a lot of coverage was uh, one in Maryland, and the sign was stolen uh, and vandalized three times, and they, you know, they kept putting the sign back. There was another congregation in uh, the Chicago area 
and they got so much hate mail that they just took their sign down. And um, the story that I'm looking at is a story in Tennessee, in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, where the minister, uh, Jake Morrill, put mm -hmm. um, a letter to the editor in his town's newspaper explaining why their congregation put up their Black Lives Matter sign and inviting anybody to come and have an open dialogue with him face to face rather than sending him emails or leaving angry voice messages. And um, I think it's good for people uh, to reach out to their communities and explain why they're doing what they're doing. And uh, I wish him a lot of luck in this. You sound a bit cynical. Yeah, I mean, you know, he said that he had gone, somebody um, in his town in response to the Black Lives Matter sign had held a Police Lives Matter rally. And uh, one of the things that he explained in his letter mm -hmm. to the editor was that he went to the rally and he asked people to talk to him. And um, so he went I to this Police Lives Matter rally and he asked people mm -hmm. to talk to him face to face and, and no one would. Um, after he published the letter to the editor, he said he got one or two people who said they'd come meet with him in his office. But it took mm -hmm. that uh, to get, you know, these these people to respond to him. So uh, I'll put a, a post a link to uh, the, his letter to the editor in the show notes. And I'll, we'll post a link to the uh, congressman stealing the Pope's drinking glass at uh, politicalflavors.com slash podcast, where you can find information about the show. So, Karen, what's today's topic? So today's main topic is a post that went up on September 9th by Omar Roque, which says, and uh, it has a picture, a juxtaposed picture of uh, an Instagram of Kylie Jenner mm -hmm. on one side and on the other side, uh, a promotional photo of uh, Malala Yousaf... Oh, gosh. Yousafzai, my mistake. Uh, and so the text with it reads, Malala Yousafzai, oh my gosh, Yousafzai, Yousafzai and Kylie Jenner uh, both turned 18 recently. One was given a Ferrari and spent thousands on facial modification. The other was awarded a Nobel Peace Prize, survived a gunshot to the face by the Taliban due to the ban for young girls to attend school, uh, and that's as written. Uh, and opened a school for Syrian refugees to combat the lack of education for youth around the world. What's upsetting is the media is only covering one of these stories as breaking news. Share the post to spread the real love and inspiration across the youth of the world. Last thing to note, Malala is infinitely more beautiful. Wow. Uh, and, you know, mm -hmm. that's a that's a really impassioned post. Uh mm -hmm. But I think mm -hmm. that there's more going on here than meets the eye. Generally, I would say that, like, yes, I think we as a culture should celebrate humanitarian efforts. And I want to get that right out of the way. Uh, absolutely. I think we should be definitely mm -hmm. discussing uh, humanitarian efforts. But one thing that just really um, frustrates me about this is that's mm -hmm. Malala's job. Malala is a humanitarian, and that's the career path that she's chosen. Kylie Jenner is not a bad humanitarian. Right. She's a good model. That's her job. <laughs> that's her job. She is professionally beautiful. The idea that her spending thousands on facial modification is somehow immoral 
seems bizarre to me because she's investing in her career. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, I watched the YouTube video that this guy made to try mm-hmm. to explain this meme because he was getting some pushback. People saying what you were saying are similar. Mm-hmm. And he said that he made it because he had a bunch of younger cousins who didn't know who Malala was. So I find this kind of hard to believe on two levels. One, because she's a huge figure who's who's been in the news and in, in every aspect of the media. Um, she won the Nobel Peace Prize. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone that's online, I would think, or involved in social media has, has heard of Malala and her and her good works. Um, and then the other is, if I had heard that my younger cousins didn't know about somebody who was really important, I think I would just send them an email with some links and be like, hey, check this out. I wouldn't go make a meme comparing the the person I wanted them to learn about to some pop culture person that I didn't like. It, it kind of it doesn't make sense that this is some kind of educational tool because really, what is he really teaching people? It seems more like he's teaching people to make fun of Kylie Jenner, you know, than to, than to learn about Malala. Yeah. I mean, to me, it just seems like he's defining one version of womanhood is acceptable and one version is unacceptable when as a culture, we consume both, Mm -hmm. you know, but, uh, and the thing that really kills me, the, the line that really drives home this kind of lack of thoughtfulness about the humanity of women mm-hmm. is, last thing to note, Malala is infinitely more beautiful. Let's get real. Malala's not a model. She's not going to look like a model. Mm-hmm. What does her beauty have to do with her humanitarian work? And I understand that like, when you're talking about the whole of a a beautiful person like a beautiful human being a beautiful soul Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it doesn't say that it says that she's infinitely more beautiful and i really have to say like i don't know if we should be ranking malala on a scale of beauty i don't think she's in the beauty pageant yeah it kind of doesn't really have anything to do with her work and it's it's not at all incredibly you know anti-feminist anti-woman to to say that you know a humanitarian is is really beautiful because that's not what her goal is. That's not her goal. And, you know, I think it's like, I think if I walked up to Malala mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. she was in front of me and I had this kind of hero worship thing going on with her, mm-hmm. I don't think the first thing I would want to talk to her about, and I don't think the first thing that she would want to hear from anybody is her rank in the beauty pageant. No, yeah, you're... I don't think she... Yeah, she doesn't want to hear... And true. I mean, I'm sure, like... Like anyone I mean, else, being she a wants woman validation for being attractive enough to be like an acceptable human being. I mean, right. everybody wants to feel attractive. Uh, and I don't mean to say that, that nobody's sure that Malala clearly doesn't because I don't know her. Mm-hmm. But when I talk about Malala, when I want to share with my family what's really important, when I want to share with my little cousins about this like great and virtuous person, I don't start or end with how pretty she is yeah i don't i don't think i've ever um talked about hillary clinton or bernie sanders in terms of their physical attractiveness <laughs> no but i think it just really belies like here are two types of women one's acceptable one's not the one who isn't it's because she's too pretty but also the one who is acceptable is pretty too i'm lying you know <laughs> it's, yeah no, it's just it, like it goes back to our previous conversation about how makeup is a way for men to not trust women or something like that 
Yeah, that beauty you know, is that... a way for men to not trust women. Or for a beautiful woman is an unacceptable woman, but a woman is unacceptable right. unless she's beautiful. Yeah, it's it's a, yeah. It's to a paraphrase, double Yeah, to paraphrase Drew Carey, welcome to patriarchy where women can't win and women always lose. Basically, so. yeah. And then also, mm-hmm. I do want to point out, because I do, I am pedantic and I like pointing out minor inaccuracies, um, mm-hmm. it mentions that Kylie Jenner was given a Ferrari. And this is something that has come up in all of the news coverage that I've seen of her 18th birthday, that she was given a Ferrari as a present. The Ferrari was a mm-hmm. present to her. Felice is in her name and she pays for it. They just presented oh. it to her at her birthday. So actually, okay. she is working for the money for the mm-hmm. Ferrari. Mm-hmm. So I think it's kind of interesting because I think it fits into our narrative, like beautiful women are given everything. But actually, mm-hmm. she works very hard to be beautiful. She spends money on painful facial procedures to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. She has a bunch of problematic issues with her kind of cultural appropriation and her like, physical right. appropriation right. of minority features, black features. And like that is its own story. But this is a woman who's spending her own money on something. She hasn't been mm-hmm. given that money. So she spends money investing on things and we hate her for being the thing mm-hmm. she's good at. We want our women to naturally look unnaturally beautiful. Right. And and it's funny when you were talking about that, it was reminding me of this whole uh, desnudist controversy in Times Square in New mm-hmm. York City. Um, if people are listening outside the U.S. or outside of New York City, uh, there are some women in Times Square wearing thongs and body paint and taking pictures with tourists and asking for tips, just like people who are dressed up as, you know, Elmo or, or anybody else is doing it. Uh, that's what these women are doing. And um, I think there's an issue here with regards to kind of their labor being exploited. They're not making a lot of money. They have these managers that take a big percentage of their tips. But the way that people are going after them is that they're somehow indecent or harmful to children in some way. That a kid, you know, seeing a naked woman with paint on is is going to harm that child for life. And what I what I think is interesting about this is... You know, we're going to objectify these women, but, you know, if they make money off that objectification, then it's wrong. You know, if you want to, you mm. know, like like what you said, you know, women have to be beautiful by our society standards. But if you try to make money off of being beautiful, then there's something wrong with that. So it's well, so it must only be beautiful in service of the patriarchy. It's its own reward. <laughs> yeah. You get like patriarchy dollars like Ithaca dollars or something. <laughs> you you get the well-intentioned boners of men. <laughs> but, oh, my goodness, the days... As opposed to the ill-intentioned Well, I think they get... Well, if you, if you want to make money off of it, you get some ill-intentioned ones. Yeah. But, yeah, oh, I think that racist Spider-Man is probably, like, a way more Wait, damaging to Spider-Man? children. I believe, I'm not sure if it was Spider-Man or Elmo, but um, it might have been Racist Elmo, Racist Elmo. I'm going to Google Oh, I think it was right anti-Semitic it was, Elmo. It was, oh, yeah, it was anti-Semitic. Oh, no, he's, I think he's all racist because I uh, <laughs> I just Googled Racist Elmo Times Square, and the top one was also Racist Elmo says, uh, Racist oh, no. Elmo arrested again, anti-Semitic <laughs> Elmo arrested again. And, you know, I wonder... <laughs> Is seeing an American flag painted across a bare chest by a child who just finished breastfeeding uh, going to damage them as much as a beloved character who's supposed to be, I think, like three years old 
yeah. shouting anti-Semitic nonsense, I think that might be more damaging to children. To be quite honest, children don't I, understand yeah, nudity is sexual necessarily. Well, they might think it's silly or they might get embarrassed and laugh, but I don't think it's going to yeah. hurt them. Ultimately, a painted body is not necessarily sexual until you project sexuality onto it. They're not there to have sex. They're not there to get groped. I mean, they make their money because right. people are projecting sexuality onto them. But people project mm-hmm. sexuality onto pe- women in sweatpants, you know? And so I think it goes back to right. what you were saying. It's acceptable right. to be sexual, but it's not acceptable to be sexual for money. It's acceptable it to be make beautiful, but it's not acceptable to try to be beautiful. And it goes mm-hmm. back to our last episode. Mm-hmm. It goes back to our last episode about how you're allowed to be beautiful, but it can't be because you're wearing makeup. Right. You have to look perfect flawlessly, you know, mm-hmm. effortless, effortlessly, mm-hmm. and uh, you can't get paid for it. No. Yeah. <laughs> back to the double bind, everybody. I feel bad to leave people on a sad note. <laughs> I know. Try, yeah. If you want to uh, lift someone up for her humanitarian work, try not to do it by putting down a model for no reason. Yeah. It's the lesson that we're going to learn. It's so funny. I, I never thought I was going to end up in a position where I was defending Kylie Jenner. But I really just feel like if you want people to <laughs> celebrate somebody, mm-hmm. you don't do it by... Hating on someone else on someone else especially when it's in this framework this dichotomic like virgin whore framework where malal is the 18 year old virgin and kyle is the 18 year old whore so you can find me on twitter at miss cherry pie pi like the number pie ah yeah i'm on twitter as a karen as in u-h-k-a-r-e-n great so uh, you can find out more information about the show at politicalflavors.com slash podcast Thanks for tuning in, and uh, I hope to hear from you next time. Feminist Coffee Hour podcast theme song is Making It Hard by Bridget Ellsworth. You can listen to her music at soundcloud.com slash Bridget Ellsworth. And you can listen to her other songs there as well. And if you like what you hear, you can give her a like or even a follow.